put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. Let's bow down our head as we begin to give thanks to the Lord for the opportunity that he has given to us today. Say, Lord, I thank you for all that you've done in my life today. Our God is good. Give him praise, give him thanks, give him adoration. Talk to the Lord tonight, today. Lord, speak your word into my life. Let your word bring transformation into my spirit, to my soul, into my body. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Put your hands together for Jesus. Look at the person sitting beside you and tell her, God is thinking of you. Talk to another person, say, my sister, my brother, God is thinking of you. Put a smile on your face. And God bless you in Jesus' name. Today, I want to speak shortly on something I tie to greatness and humility. Greatness and humility. You cannot disconnect humility from the word greatness. Greatness is a gift from God. Everybody wants to be great. Greatness is not limited to the rich. Greatness is not limited to the educated. Greatness is not limited to the connected. Greatness is not limited to people with good foundation, with rich foundation, or with moral foundation. Greatness is a gift from God to everybody. To those in the street, to those in the city, to those in the village, to those in the school, to those out of school. Hallelujah. I've seen so many people today that dropped out of school and then they ended up becoming great. And I just love what God is doing in the life of Elijah Moke. Hallelujah. Now, is there, some, is there some miracle that will happen in your life that will spread to the rest of your family? And what happened in the life of that girl has really, really boosted my faith in God that wherever you are, God is looking at you and is thinking of bringing you out of that place to the, to the best place you want to find yourself. Because how can somebody selling bread in the street within one day become a model that people are rushing to sign contract with? If I even have a graduate as a PR, but she doesn't know how to read and write. She cannot speak English. So your greatness is not determined by what you have, but by what God sees in you that makes him to want to lift you up. I pray for you. May God find us when our angel of greatness is sent to us in Jesus' name. So we are seeing greatness manifesting in their generation. I'm sure all the people that are coming behind her, they will start seeing her as a role model. So when your greatness manifests, you become a role model. Right now, because you are not great yet, people cannot see you as a role model. 
the day your story change you see people begin to follow you oh yes sir yes ma oh you are the boss yeah you are the one may you be great in jesus name but the secret of greatness is that god does not lift people based on their efforts god does not lift people because they know how to pray god does not annoy people with greatness because they are perfect god does not release opportunities for people because they have somebody that is praying for them greatness is a gift from god that is determined by his mercy so your prayer this week is that the mercy of god should locate you so that you meet the right people that will activate greatness in your life and i pray so shall it be in jesus mighty name now you cannot talk of greatness without humility because the bible says god reduces the proud and exalts the humble so when we are talking about greatness humility and greatness they go hand in hand why did god go into the bush to go and look for david and made david a king because of his humility why did god abandon saul and went for a small boy david because saul forgot where he was coming from he thought now he's a king so he can do whatever he like and because of that he was reduced to sarah may you not be reduced in jesus name i want to quickly tell you something about pride number one pride is a destroyer pride is a destroyer anything achieved by a proud person wears out little by little because of his pride you see people that are gifted people that are talented people that are skilled but after some time because of arrogance that they demonstrate you yourself you find it difficult to cope with them am i making sense you have a friend that knows how to do everything well but what puts you off about them is some way they do things some some attitude of arrogance some attitude of pompousness as we say it in uh, in nigeria i say this is too pompous so that kind of things puts you off and you want to dissociate yourself from them so pride wears out your opportunity of becoming great number two pride is not self-confidence pride is overconfidence hallelujah pride is not there's a difference between self-confidence and overconfidence self-confidence is when somebody have self-love when somebody believe in himself when somebody knows how to encourage himself in the lord when somebody depends only on god and depends on the ability that god has given to them when somebody looks ugly and she can still tell herself in front of the mirror that okay you are the most beautiful girl in the whole world today now we have somebody who is on wheelchair trying to contest to become ghana president it's on wheelchair that is not pride that is because he believed in himself and is confident that his disability cannot stop his head from functioning so there's a, di- a huge difference between self-confidence and 
overconfidence. Self-confidence believes in himself and he believes in others. Overconfidence believes that he alone can do everything. Every other person is a novice. And that is where pride comes from. So pride is overconfidence. Pride is not self-confidence. So when you are self-confident, you have self-value of yourself, you have self-love for yourself. You believe in what you do. You, you, there is something we call, we call it bragging. There are times that bragging is allowed. Am I making sense? You can talk about yourself. When you are looking for a job, they expect you to do some bragging in your CV. Because if you don't brag small, they will not employ you. I have worked with the best finance company. And then you put the reference there. So, when somebody reads that, you give them a perception of somebody who is self-confident. Hallelujah. So now, pride, number three, pride is not distinguishing yourself from wrong association. Pride is not separating yourself from wrong association. Pride is making them feel worthless. Amen. There are people that you meet that their principle, their value will not agree with your own value. Maybe they are wrong association because they are contributing negatively to your life, to your emotion, to your, to your sense, your every area of your life. Now, separating yourself from them is not a sin. Giving them, putting them at arm's length, extending their own table away from your side is not a sin. That is not pride. But it becomes pride when you start making them feel worthless. When you make statements, when you take actions, that maybe the way you actually separate yourself from them, you, you did it in, in a way that made them feel worthless. That is pride. That's a way of, I am better than you kind of thing. You can actually separate yourself from people without making them feel bad. They will still be calling you. They will still be telling you, oh, you are my friend. Oh, you are my guy. You are, ah, you are, you are my friend now. Don't worry. And you will be telling them the truth, but you are not in any way connected to them. But they will never feel it that you've rejected them. So if you are here and you reject people because maybe their value did not meet with yours and you make them understand that yes, you guys, you are, you are useless. You are, you are not my type. That is pride. Hallelujah. Number four, pride is not being bold to speak your mind. Pride is not being bold to speak your mind. It is forcing your opinion on others. Everybody has got right to their own opinions. My own understanding of a particular situation may be different from yours. And that is where tolerance comes in, in every association. So when I give my opinion, if you are not satisfied with my opinion, there is something we call coping. You cope with my opinion if my opinion is better than yours. You don't hate me because I give my own opinion. So pride is not giving out your own opinion. Pride is trying to force your own opinion on others. You must do it. What you are trying to say is that you sabi than them. Put your hands together for Jesus. So when you have that kind of trait where you always want people to do things your way. That is pride. And it doesn't lead to greatness. You put people off. 
When people hear of you, they get bored. Even when you are doing things nicely, they are bored with you. They will not be able to, your, whatever it is that you are doing, will not minister to them. May God help us in Jesus' name. Pride is not making mistakes. Pride is not making mistakes. It is finding it difficult to change. You keep making the same mistake every time. They say a fool is someone who does things the same way. You've, been, you've done this thing before. It didn't work for you. Then you went ahead and did it the same way again. You planted maize on a rock. Three days, the maize dried up. Then you went back to the same rock, plant another maize on top. Is that not foolishness? So, pride is not making mistakes. Everybody has the right to make mistakes. And because in life, if you don't make mistakes, you can never learn lessons. So when you make mistake and you don't learn lesson from it, that is very wrong. But when people make mistake, you give them chance to actually be able to correct their mistake and start their life afresh. So when you are finding it difficult to change your way, you have a strong, rigid principle, and the principle is a mistake. You keep making it. That is pride, and it leads you to nowhere than the valley. Pride is not being emotionally weak. Pride is not having the ability to cry. Every time people hurt you, you can cry. You can cry like a baby. In fact, when they put a bull in front of you, the bull will fill up. That is not pride. Everybody has got rights to their own emotion. We all have different emotional dispositions. I am strong in certain areas. I may not be strong in certain emotional areas. You may be stronger than me in that area. So I may be matured in a particular emotional area. I may not be matured in a different area. So now everybody has the right to their own emotion. That is not pride. When you tell people, oh, I have right, eh, you hurt me, you always complain people hurting you, you don't have a problem. That is your emotion. But it becomes pride when you now start using emo your emotions to manipulate people to please you. You want money from your fiancé, you know that he's broke. You want fried rice from Daniel. And the guy is broke. He doesn't have money to buy it. But you cry, you cry, you cry. You did some things, your, some, your emotional stuff. You did that until the guy was forced to call Daniel. Man, he could send me some rice. I don't get money today. Oh. And then he will buy the rice for you. As soon as you get the rice, then your face will say, Oh, you are the nicest guy in the whole world. That is not emotion. That is manipulations. And that is pride. It's an enemy of greatness. May God help us in Jesus' name. Pride is not guarding your values and principles. Pride is not protecting your values and your principles. It is putting your personal principles above the word of God and the purpose of God. Everybody has got principle. So, when you have principle and you are rigid on your principle, this is how I do my things, this is how I want it done, if it's not done that way, I am not part of it. That is not pride. But when you allow that principle to override the word of God, you allow that principle to override love and the purpose of God for your life, that is pride. God cannot use a proud person. God cannot have serious business with a proud person because it will always bring shame and disgrace to the name of God. Because a proud person always wants to take the glory that belongs to God. You always want to 
We went to a place to, to do some design. We when the guy finished the design, my wife complimented the design. Say, wow, this can only be God. He snapped and said, forget that one. I got come here to do the design. Maybe me use my skill to do the design. Hallelujah. But you don't know that it is actually God that gave you the brain and the ideas. Put your hands together for Jesus. Pride is finding it difficult to serve very well in your church. You find it difficult to serve in your church. You will hear eh, our leader cannot speak correct English. Oh, our leader is a, is a novice. Our leader is too harsh. Our leader is too rigid. He's too firm. I cannot cope with his leadership style. I am too talented for that group. Oh, she's my classmate. She can she can't be my leader in church. First, she's my friend. She cannot be giving me command. God is looking for people who are ready to serve. Amen. God is looking for who? People who are ready to serve. People with servanthood understanding. That is where greatness comes from. If you don't know how to serve, you can never enjoy the service of others. That is the fact of life. You don't know how to serve, you will never be served. So in life, what you sow is what you do, what is what you reap. So when you are under somebody, under a leadership, in a ministry, in a group, in your place of work, serve wholeheartedly. Then one day will be one that you also become a leader. Somebody else will come and serve you. Hallelujah. Your leader cannot speak English. It doesn't matter. God place him there. So when you say because he can't speak correct English, I cannot obey him. You are not disobeying him, but you are disobeying the anointing of God on the life of that person. Oh, my leader is always aggressive. Oh, he's always like uh, anything he wants us to do. We must do it at that moment. I can't cope with that. Serve. And you shall be served. Hallelujah. Leaders have, every one of us will have leadership styles. And we also have right to be weak. So when your leader is weak in certain areas, you can politely talk to the person. Or get another person. Because some leaders, when you even go and correct them, you are in trouble. They will suspend you for correcting them. That is how they've been wired. In such a situation, what you do, you look for another person that can talk to the person, instruct the person. If the person is not listening, you pray for the person because in the house of God, you are not serving that person. Who are you serving? God. That person is just there to be like the captain of the ship of that department. He or she is not the one you are serving. In fact, the pastor is not the one you are serving. The pastor himself is going to give account of his service to you and to God. So every one of us here today in this church, nobody is coming here to serve me. Am I, am I right? Everybody here, we are serving God. Because if it's me that you are coming to serve, you will not come because of this flow. Am I making sense? Your nice shoe, you've polished it very well before you left home. You came to church, thus we overshadow your, your shoe before you go back home. If it is me you are coming to serve, you will sleep at home. I say, oh... The day they tie the floor, I will go to church. But you are here to serve God. So, in the house of God, let your service be unto the Lord. Then greatness is going to be part of you. Hallelujah. Great people are people with passion to serve others. They are people God is looking for. 
Why did God go into the bush to go and look for David and anoint him as king? Because David is passionate at serving the sheep. So God is looking for passionate, servanthood, possessed people. You have the spirit of servanthood. You have the spirit of submission. The spirit of humility. The where you are, that is where greatness will come and meet you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Quickly, I'm going to read the book of Mark. Just write it down. Write it down because of our time. The book of Mark chapter 10, verse 32 to 45. The book of Mark chapter 10, 32 to 45. When you get home, you can read it. So it talks about the Jesus, how he said he was going to Jerusalem and he prophesied that people, they are going to mock him, they are going to spit on him, they are going to crucify him, but he did not run away from Jerusalem because he knew what he was going to experience there, but he went there because he was serving God. So when we are talking about greatness, why did Jesus become great today? Jesus is a son of God. He is being the son of God since the creation of the world. And he could only manifest himself in other prophets. In other, in the Old Testament, he manifests himself several ways. But he cannot enjoy the worship of humans until he has been to the cross. So Jesus had to go to the cross, die a shameful death. That was his own service. To God and to man. So Jesus could have said, Lord, thank you for the opportunity given to me. Please come and send in Jamaica. You can do that one for me. It cannot happen. Because the picture of Jesus we see on the cross is not the real one. Hallelujah. They didn't show us the real picture of Jesus that was hung on the cross. Because it was a shameful experience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what is humility? I've given you the definition of pride. What is humility? I'll quickly go to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 26. I'll read it from here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from 26. Consider your calling brothers. Not of you, not many of you were wise according to the worldly standards. Nor many were powerful. Nor many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no man, be, no human being, might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Hallelujah. I was reading a story online about a guy. He was praying and the Lord told, me to, told him to go to a church. That is sending him there to teach him a lesson. So he left with the notion of going there to bless somebody today. Because that is what he always does. So he got to the church, then he saw this woman in her jeans, in a dirty top, sweeping the house of God, cleaning the chairs, arranging things, and then he just sat there, and he assumed that that is the reason why God sent him there. He said, wow, look at this woman suffering like this, doing the work of God, come early to church, 
Oh, I must do something for this woman. Because after I'm rich, I have money. So this is the reason why God sent me here to help this woman. As he's doing things very well in the house of God. So after the woman finished sweeping and doing her things, then he went to her. Say, my sister, God bless you. I've seen everything that you are doing. Uh, in fact, uh, God has sent me here today. I know you are the reason why God sent me here so that I can bless you. I can encourage you in the things of God. May God have mercy. And the sister said, wow, God has sent you. Wow. Okay, give me a minute. And the lady was walking. The lady was walking. And he was following the lady. A lady got to a car. And that car was very heavy. His own car looked like a wheelbarrow beside the lady's car. So the lady just pressed the remote pa, 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 and the car opened. And then she entered the car. And she looked she look at him and said, Maybe God sent you here to learn a lesson of humility. There is nothing you can do for me. Look at me. This, I'm going home to change. She's going home to her husband to change with a big car. And the guy stood there with his, with his mouth wet. And he was broken. So sometimes God sends us to several places so that we can learn how to be humble. Hallelujah. May you receive the grace to be humble in Jesus' name. So what is humility? What is humility? Humility is submitting yourself under the will of God. Submission. Submission. Knowing fully well that whatever you have, I hope you can hear me clearly, whatever you have is not gotten by your own ability. It is by the grace of God. The marriage you have, the relationship you have, it is not by your own making. It is by the grace of God. Let me tell you something today. Everything that starts humbly hence greatly. If you have great ideas, but you are waiting for that day that you have great money to actualize your idea, you may never be able to fulfill that idea. You will be there. The idea will be inside the storeroom. Then somebody will see it one day after you are dead and gone. And they will not be fulfilling your ideas. May that not be your person in Jesus' name. God expects us to start with what we have. Then it will bless what you have started with. Every great people today that you see, they started humbly. And God saw their humility and he lifted them up. You shall be lifted in the name of Jesus. I pray for you if you are presently suffering with anyone. Maybe you are suffering with your relationship. And the devil is planning to kick you out when the guy hammer. May that devil cast fire and die. I can't hear your amen. Yesterday I saw a program online. The title of the program is That Which Must Die. That's the theme of the program. That Which Must Die. You are invited to 3 days deliverance program. Theme. That Which Must Die. Every witch, every wizard, every devil. I want to kick you out of that your humble beginning for you to lose your great future. They shall die in Jesus' name. So, humility is glad that God gets all the credit for choosing us that we boast only in Him and not in man. Everything you achieve, you are happy that God is taking the glory. You are happy that all glory belongs to God. That is humility. 
When you come forward, you sing very well. When you say, oh, sister, you have blessed us today. Ah, you don't know. <laughs> I've been preparing for this ministration for the past seven days. You know, when the Lord spoke to me that I'll be ministering in church on Sunday, I had to go into seven days fasting. And today, I, I give glory to God. Because he, he gave me the grace to do that fasting. That is the result of the ministration. That is pride. Amen. That is pride. May God help us in Jesus' name. Pride is not complimenting yourself. When your friends gather together and you are talking about who knows how to cook best. Say, I can cook more than you. you your, when you cook, your goosey salt is too much inside. That is not pride. Amen. But it becomes pride when you actually get angry while the conversation is going on. The thing pay you because one of your friends said you cannot cook in front of another friend. Say, why, why will you say I don't know how to cook? Why will you say I put too much salt inside soup? Why would you say this and that? And three weeks you are not talking to the person. It means you are proud. Hallelujah. Humility happily admits that everything we have is not from us. That it is from God. You have a good marriage. It's not because you are beautiful. It's because God has blessed you. You have talent. It is not because you are coming from a talented family. It is because God chose to bless you. Humility admits. Happily admits that everything we have is a free gift from God Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Humility is glad to affirm that God suffering authority governs our heartbeat our waking up and sleeping do you know what happened to you when you fall asleep some of you do you even know when you fall asleep some of you you are watching movie midnight you are so busy watching the movie hey, don't go. go and from there you forgot your head was under the laptop charger then you've used your hand to carry the laptop itself the monitor of the laptop is somewhere on your leg and the mouse is at your back the mouse pad is directly on top of your lips because you've gone you've scattered everywhere then you just find yourself early in the morning you wake up you don't know where you fell asleep but you know, you just wake up. It's like God just press a button and you just wake up. It's God that does because there are so many people that have slept and they didn't wake up. May God help us to recognize who we are in God in the mighty name of Jesus. The root of Christianity is humility. The root of Christianity. So God wants us to be born again to humble us. He takes us through the wilderness of life to humble us. And you can never be great in life if you lack humility. Let show me somebody that is respectful. You will attract the help of the elders. African men, African women, we crave for what? Respect. Every African man, brothers, if I lie, you can tell me, Pastor, you are lying. Every African man wants to marry a woman that they have that sense that the woman respects them. Am I making sense? So, you realize that when you find yourself in a relationship, the day you begin to disrespect 
your fiance or whatever you call him, your tomato, your honey, your boo-boo, your baby, whatever it is that you call him, the day you start demonstrating disrespect, he gradually starts losing his feelings for you. Because he's afraid. So if I marry this one, trouble for me. That is the way we've been wired. Not only Africa, all men. That is our psychology. That is how God has made us. So we crave for respect. Even you as a woman, don't you crave for respect? You do. When you are going out with your fiancé, your husband-to-be, he meets his friends, then he brushes you aside. How do you feel? You feel sad. Or you don't feel anything. He didn't introduce you. You are, you, are asked, you are meeting a friend for the first time. And he's standing there. Say, oh boy, oh my guy, what's up now? Ah, it's a long time. Oh. Hey, and the friend will be showing him. You know, guys, we have a way of asking. We say, say uh, don't worry, forget that. It's just a friend. <laughs> you know how you feel. Ladies, am I speaking your mind? From some pharaoh inside you, some herald has been hiding there for years. We rise and hey, Kofi, you go get them today. So I am just a friend there. Eh? We shall see. Everybody craves for respect. And if you want to cohabit, you want to live in peace with everybody, you must respect them first. And that is the test of humility. If you are humble, you respect everybody around you. Hallelujah. And that is where greatness comes from. You want to be great, you disrespect all your elders. The blessing they're supposed to give you, you are not getting it. It is that some people you meet in life that they need to bless you. They add value to your life. But if you are always arrogant, oh, I am the, I'm Miss Ghana, I'm the most beautiful. For any other person, forget it. Every, no, forget it. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Forget it. That's your slang. Oh, hi. Oh, oh, whatever. Forget it. It's your own cup of tea. Yeah, you are, you are your own. Oh, forget it. You need deliverance. Because you actually planted a seed of failure. You are putting some impression in the mind of people that might stand against your greatness. Because 70% of every achievement anybody achieves in life is based on recommendation. Am I making sense? 70% of achievement that most great men achieved in life is based on recommendation. Somebody needs to recommend you for you to meet the person that will lift your, your helper. So if you are always a type that disrespects people, you are not humble, how are you going to get recommendation? The remaining 30% is your ability. We have 10% that is your ability, your talent, your, your education, the knowledge you have. And then the, the last one is the mercy of God. The mercy of God. The favor of God. Because if God even favors you and you use pride to destroy the favor, what happens? You lose trust. People lose trust in you. And then you find yourself where you are coming from. May that not be our portion in Jesus' name. Humility gives it serves a way in serving everyone. A humble person serves everybody. Rather than seeking to be served, you serve others. 
In your neighborhood, serve others. In church, serve others. Everywhere you find yourself, serve others. It's that sense of service that propels you to greatness. Because when you get a job, you get a job as an accountant or as a, as a cashier, you are always busy doing your work. I know, I know a girl. She was working as a, as, you see, as a teller or so. And she'll be busy. The bosses will come. They say, oh, eh, please, Hajwa, can you buy me kokonte and soup? She will leave whatever she's doing. She'll go and buy the kokonte. Then she'll come back. Another person, another senior will say, oh, hey, you are, ah, you are busy. Sorry, eh, please. Can you buy me this? One thing you need to know about Africa, we are all opportunists. Am I talking your mind? We are all opportunists. When you are working in a place, and one person notices that, oh, this guy is humble, pa. Anything you send this guy, she will go, pa. This guy is respectful, pa. Then all the department, they will be sending you. That is how our mind works. Hallelujah. Oh, this guy can greet, pa. So when they see you greeting one person, bending low, the next person, they want you to bend low for them too. That is the way our mind works. But this thing is not a problem. Because this is the actual thing that propels you into greatness. You establish yourself in the mind of people. You give certain impression about yourself. And impression, you need to understand that the impression people have about you plays vital roles in your greatness. Hallelujah. People's perception of you plays vital role in your greatness. So if you are perceived to be a proud person, if you are perceived to be snobbish, if you are perceived to be arrogant, nobody wants to associate themselves with you. Some of us, we have certain faiths, especially ladies, that put friends off, that make people feel that, oh, we are unapproachable. Some of us, we, it's, it's a natural something, you know, some of us, we borrow it as a defense mechanism to chase brothers away from us. Or to chase certain friends, maybe based on experience. So you come to church, you are wearing 16 inches shoe, and then you are walking like Muhammad's wife. Somebody, uh, Pastor Nash, greet your little sister. God bless you. The Pacific look at you. Oh, my sister, you are looking beautiful. Really? Thanks. That is how you do your thing. So everybody believes that, oh, this girl is a no-go area. And because, based on that perception, that person that has the perception about you, maybe somebody sees you somewhere, and the person likes the way you dress. Say, oh, I like that girl. She, she can dress. She can. The first thing the person will say, that, that other person that has had an experience with you, will not say positive thing about you. Say, oh, that girl, don't mind her. She's too proud. Is that not so? Even you, you will say it. Won't you say it? Oh, she's so, so, she's so unapproachable. And that thing will be spreading. It will spread until it will meet your helper. And your helper will be afraid of coming close to you. Because you already have that perception that, oh, is she is unapproachable. May God deliver us from pride. Know today that you are not different from any other person. You are sleeping on 6 inches or 12 inches bed. Somebody is sleeping on half inches bed. 
When we die, do you have a bed to sleep on? Oh, we are all sleeping on the sand. You have gold, you have silver, you have this, you have that. The day you die, nothing will follow you. If they, right now, somewhere in, uh, in the east, in Nigeria, what they are doing right now is that if you are a rich man, then they bury you with a car. Have you heard it? Uh, you should, you, by now, you should, if you are current, you, you, are, you are a journalist, you should, you should know. Amen. They will bury you with a, a man can just go and buy Homer Jeep. And then write the name of his mother. And bury them. That is the coffin. Bury the mother with the homage. That is wickedness of the highest order. But those days. Now people are afraid. Because normally in those days. Thief will go and open the grave. And they will steal the car. But these days they are afraid. Because they know it's only ritual money that can do that thing. So they don't want to die. Hallelujah. But even if it's in those days they will go. In those days in my village, if they know that somebody is buried with a goat, that night, boys, they will go and open the grave and remove the goat and go and sell it. Because you are not taking it anywhere. Amen. You are tall. You have a nice leg. Your leg is always, any shoe you put your leg inside is always fit. Any style of air you do, you are, you are perfect. And because of that, you think you are the misword. The day you die, what will go away first? Your hair will go first. Then the leg will follow. A rich man dies the same way a poor man dies. Hallelujah. In fact, we, rich, rich man's death self, the wicked pass the poor man. Some rich men, they, will, they can even get hypertension for years. Then they will have stroke. They will be there oh, using one leg, one hand, with pains with problems, the day they die then something will happen, they will just die but a poor man that dies of anger, his stomach will pain him for a few minutes then he will die hallelujah they said now nah, rich men they get hypertension now nah, rich people but if you are here, you are struggling with genetic hypertension, may God deliver you in Jesus name the concept of this is like in life, humble people they last in the mind of people do you want to be great? Establish yourself in the mind of everybody around you. When you are not there, they will miss you for the positive person that you, you are. Hallelujah. In this church, how do you want us to remember you when you are no longer in Ghana? Amen. Ask yourself that question. How do you want us to remember you in this church? Some of you, like five, six of you will be graduating this year. And uh, I'm happy for you. But at the same time, I am missing you too. Amen. I, I really am praying, I'm really praying that something will happen so that you just get job in Ghana. They will still be together. Hallelujah. But some of you, anytime I see that, you turn your face, oh, pastor, forget. They miss me in the house. I have to get married. I'm going back home. It's a good thing. We are very happy for you. But we want to remember you for something when you are no longer here. We want to hear of you. We want to, you can call me anywhere you are and I will drop whatever I'm doing and scream because I'm happy. Hallelujah. So what are you leaving for us to remember you of? Do you want us to remember you as arrogant or as humble?
He wants us to remember you as a hungry person. Say, oh, that person can get angry. If he gets angry, he will carry Wally and put him upside down. <laughs> How do you want us to remember you? Humility pays. Today, I thank God for so many great things that God is doing. Those that left this church graduated last, last year. I thank God for so many things that God is doing in their lives. When you are no longer here, I want to connect. I still want to talk to you on phone. I still want to talk to you as we can still chat online. By the grace of God, we are making sure of that. Even when you are not here, we still see you. Hallelujah. But what do you want to leave? Humbly do your work. Anything that God has committed to your hand in this ministry, though we are not much. But do you know where they, they are not much? That is where greatness is. You see, God produces big people out of small places. Nazareth was a small place. Jesus came out of there. Humble yourself. Serve God with all your heart. And God will see us through in Jesus' name. Some things are happening in the church, in, some, in the departments in the church that I am not happy with. Amen. I am not happy with them. Humble yourself under the umbrella of God. And God will lift you up. Don't underrate anybody. Don't look down on anyone. Respect everybody equally. Somebody is not doing very well. Con control them, correct them politely without making them feel foolish. Without making them feel so low about themselves. Leaders in the church, activate politeness in your leadership skills. So you don't make people feel foolish. Followers in the church, learn to be submissive. Then you know that one day, when you also become a leader, you now understand what it means to lead. May God help us in the name of Jesus. Do you think it's easy to lead? So put yourself in the shoe of others. Respect them. Humble yourself. You are a leader. Respect your followers. You are there. You are not there to control them. You are not there to control them. You are not there to give them command. You are there to nurture them. Convince them to believe in your vision. Politely. Church is a complicated place. The most complicated place in the whole world. That's why we need the wisdom of God. So as you go into the week today, may God give you wisdom to relate with people humbly in the mighty name of Jesus. I want to bow down your head. Talk to the Lord. Lord, give me the grace to be humble. Give me the spirit of humility. I want to become great. Give me the spirit of humility in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Put your hands together for Jesus.